Returning to Radio Parallax is the editor of Into the Buzzsaw. Leading journalists expose the myth of a free press. The editor is Christina Borgeson, and we're happy to have you back, Christina. Well, it's nice to be back. I wanted you to come back and talk about two books that seem to be centered on CBS News and perhaps biases in the media. The first one's yours, Into the Buzzsaw, which is an excellent book. And the other is Bias by Bernard Goldberg, which I don't think is such an excellent book, but is a bestseller. Certainly, Bernie Goldberg makes some good points about bias in the media, and his book is written in in, uh, Bernie's inimitable style, which is he's very flashy, flamboyant, and very in-your-face. The difference is here that, first of all, bias is not specifically the focus of Buzzsaw so much as, I mean, he's talking about stories that are slanted. We're talking about stories... That, that can't even get on the news, right. you know, stories that can't even see the light of day that are actually far, far more important, really. I mean, I've read it. But, but, isn't, but isn't that also a bias of the news media, to not, to not cover stories that are worthy of... But it's of, an interesting thing, because yeah. in, in this book, of course, he's slamming liberal bias. Right. And, and um, he gives examples like conservative, uh, say, conservative congressmen and senators, for example, are always labeled as conservative, whereas liberal ones are not labeled as liberal. Compared to the issues that are, that are looked at in, in Buzzsaw, okay, I mean, that's a legitimate issue, but, but we cover issues, I think, that are uh, much rougher stuff. Certainly, I don't know what kind of a bias, conservative or liberal, you would call a bias that essentially kills stories exposing high-level government or corporate malfeasance. Right. Liberal, conservative, we're not really interested in that so much. We're just interested in the truth, whatever wing it flies in on. Right. You have, you have 18 authors, which I'm sure are all over, which in spite of Bernie Goldberg, I think probably are all over the, uh, the map when it comes to their political viewpoints. And you have to understand, Bernie was at CBS for a very long time, and I don't know when he started to notice this bias uh-huh. and when he started to complain about this bias. But, you know, in the case of the uh, investigative journalists, for example, in Buzzsaw, when they ran into a problem, like, uh, you know, uh, their editors trying to shut down their stories because the, the information was too politically hot, they kept going anyway, and they kept fighting. Let's 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 give an example of that. I mean, Bernie Goldberg's claiming that reporters' worldviews are are more liberal than that of the readers and viewers, and and that to, to my mind, it's the worldview of the bosses, the people that write the paychecks that count. You know, Maurice Murad, who is in is in my book and is a almost a forty year veteran of CBS, knows Bernie very well. And Maurice Murad, I think, would call himself a liberal. And he said something to me once that I thought was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, a lot of reporters are so-called liberals. But he said the people who actually own the news divisions are not liberals. They are conservative business people. Sure. Bernie makes a big deal about how, for liberal purposes, AIDS was being touted as a, as a big danger to heterosexuals, too, when it was right. really m- more of a homosexual disease. And, and, and as, a, as a medical doctor, I think he, he has a point. Exactly. I'll concede him that point. Maurice Murat, a liberal, who says, when you go out and report, it's not about being a liberal or a conservative. It's about going and finding out what is typical and presenting that. What is typical for AIDS is, yes, Mostly homosexuals have it. 
and that should have been should have been reported and always reported if that was the case. You understand what I'm saying? I, I do. Let, let's let's give an example to our listeners. I think that that is worth uh, going into briefly. Jane Aker's story on Monsanto. Now, whatever whatever her personal worldviews may be, that didn't seem to really matter when it came down to what the station wanted to present. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what Jane Aker is. I, as a matter of fact, I I ha- Maurice happens to be somebody that I know. I actually worked for him. You know, at CBS. Most of the people in my book, I don't even know what their political views are, and I don't care. Uh, the person I worked with on the TWA show for ABC, Kelly O'Meara, uh, she actually is conservative. She used to be chief, she used to be chief of staff for, for Forbes. That right. didn't in, inter, interfere at all with our with our investigation. Jane Acree, again, it wasn't about whether she was liberal or conservative. It was about what was going on, and what was going on was that um, there were she was uncovering questions, you know, legitimate questions about Monsanto's bovine growth hormone. Right. And she was trying to get that information out. Right. And, um, you know, she got fired because she couldn't do it because Monsanto put pressure on Fox. And again, is it liberal or conservative? It's, it's, it's neither. It's about business. Right. You know, Monsanto doesn't want its bovine growth hormone to look like it's dangerous. Right. Fox doesn't want to lose its advertisers because it's weighted down by a heavy lawsuit. Or Monsanto, you know, is gonna is gonna get its other corporate friends who maybe are advertising with Fox to not advertise with Fox. It was very awkward to pull the series, so they were trying to get her to change the information in the series instead, and she refused to do it, and that's why she lost her job. Right. So again, the big difference between buzzsaw and bias is a bias is sort of anecdotal in the sense that it it sort of I guess he deals with issues that he worked on and stuff. Right. Buzzsaw, it presents a more global view, and it's really, it doesn't focus so much on bias, right. although it does, there are issues of, of bias covered in there. It focuses on censorship, you know, and stories that, that are killed or stories that aren't even told. Well, Christina, it's far the better of the two books. I'll say that, and I hope anyone that wants to read about this <laughs> issue will grab yours over his. Thank you. I- appreciate you're saying that. I don't want to beat Bernie to death because well, I think that, that some of the stuff in his book is legitimate. Well, it is. And here's a point I wanted to talk to you about is that here's Bernie talking about what started him off on this this becoming persona non grata at CBS News. Well, he may be persona non grata, Doug, but I do want to point out to you that he does collect a nice pension from CBS. Oh, he does. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know... As I was saying before, I don't know how many years he was uh, ranting and raving about the liberal bias and not getting anywhere. Usually, if you feel that strongly yeah. about something, usually you either fight to the end till they push you out, or or you uh, you resign because your convictions are incompatible with those of the uh, company with which you're for which you're working. I should point out that he is collecting a pension from CBS. Well, you know, that's interesting. There's, um, he, he goes after Eric Enberg's report on Steve Forbes. That's what started him off on all this. Right. He thought Enberg was being unfair to Steve Forbes, who was proposing that we have a flat tax. And it was talked about as if it was a wacky idea, really really making fun of the whole notion. Right. Now, a lot of first-class economists think that uh, a flat tax is not such a bad idea. What strikes me as the, the great flaw of Bernie's book is his reasoning that it's this liberal bias of reporters that's being unfair to Steve Forbes. But I would, I would have to ask the question of, if that sort of bias was at odds with the people that own CBS, Viacom, how long would it be before a guy that was attacking their favorite guy, Steve Forbes, how long would he last? 
the more fundamental question, really, Doug, in terms of his book and in terms of reporting is the producer who put that, that together, the producer who was the reporter for the Eric Engberg story, really did not do their job. When you're reporting something, you're not being asked to editorialize. It, you know, whether you think it's wacky or not, that, it's not your business to, to put that out there. It's your business to look into the issue, to say, okay, you know, Steve Forbes, uh, presidential candidate Steve Forbes is for the flat tax. This is what the flat tax is. You know, this is what this economist says it means. This is what that economist says it means. You know, and if you really have time to do a little more homework, which you, you should try and do, you know, you really analyze the two points of view and you can say something, you know, uh, that, 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 that explains to people what the fundamental differences between them are, what the pros and cons are. And, and, and that's it. You don't call it wacky or you don't call right. it a wonderful flat tax. You, you just report it. Right. And believe me, you know, at CBS, just like everywhere else, you have reporters whose biases do end up in their work, but you have a lot of reporters who don't do that, who go for what the typical, like Maurice Murad was talking about. Yeah. And then he, you know, he raves about Fox. Is he now working for Fox? Well, he's done some stuff for Fox. I don't know if he's working for them on a regular basis Because or not. he certainly praises Roger Ailes. He praises Rush Limbaugh. He praises Rupert Murdoch. He thinks, I, he says Bill, Bill O'Reilly is a guy who's got a balance. Unlike NBC, CBS, and ABC, according to, to uh, Bernie, Bill O'Reilly has got a real balanced show. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the book. I couldn't believe it. Well, you see, now, now of course, his bias is showing achieving pure objectivity is, is, is impossible. First of all, objectivity is a matter of perception. Fox is clearly conservative. I mean, this argument about it's labeled as such, they're proud of it and they wear that. Well, they, on the one hand, they're proud of the label. On the other hand, they say, well, no, we report, you decide. But the truth is, <laughs> I think it is more of a must you're getting on NBC, CBS, ABC. They say, we report, you decide. But what they don't say is, we decide what we're going to report <laughs> exactly. so that you can decide on what we've reported. Exactly. Goldberg seems to spend a lot of time attacking Dan Rather and even even specifically cites this time where Fidel Castro shows up and he was just, well, you know, Dan Rather and Fidel Castro, they, they just got along famously. Now, you, you were there when that happened. Again, interestingly enough, my view is, is, is not even, you know, it's not the, the polit- politics of these two men that came to mind when I saw them together. They did, they did have a certain rapport, I guess. They did have a certain rapport, but, but uh, let me explain to you how I interpreted that. You know, Dan Rather has been at the, at the head of, in terms of, you know, his, in his arena. He's been a, a, a chief for a long time. He's been a, a leader. He's, he's CBS's living logo, really. And, of course, Fidel has been at the top of his, you know, nation's government forever and ever. So they've been in the leadership paradigm, and that's a very, very exclusive club. And over the years, Fidel and and Dan have been meeting periodically to discuss various issues that were going on pertinent to the times which they got together. Whether you hate or love Fidel Castro, this man has been at the head of a, of a nation for more years than anybody else on this planet. This whole business of, oh, he loves him because he's, you know, a commie or Yeah, right, he's a pinko. This, this yeah. was not, yeah. this really wasn't the issue. So it's a bit, bit of an unfair shot on Mr. Goldberg's part. 
gives a lot of power to, to Brokaw, Jennings, and, and Dan Rather when they're really just employees of General Electric, Disney, and Viacom. Look, when he was talking about Dan and, and, and Connie Chung, I mean, yeah, yeah, Dan has a big ego. He's got a huge ego. And, you know, by the way, Bernie doesn't have a small ego either. <laughs> um, Dan has a huge ego, yes. There's no way that he could have survived. There's no way actually to even, you know, to even to get there, he had to exercise a lot of ego. And you don't get to the top of a corporation. You don't get to the top, certainly, of a, you know, to become a top correspondent by being a super nice guy. That's just not real. And yet, Dan has been known to, to be as, as reptilian, you know, and as brutal as, as anybody else in power. Yes. And what he did to Connie Chung was, was brutal. That's part of being a powerful person. On the other hand, part of being a powerful person is knowing where you cannot exercise your power. And Dan understands that too. And there are times in certain areas, like in terms of things that he might, stories, documentaries he might have wanted done or stories he might have wanted done, where Dan had absolutely no power to make them happen. Right. I know because I saw it happen. Right. The whole business about going on and on about Dan, you know, getting so upset and that there are two Dans, you know, the reptilian Dan and the nice Dan. There are more than two Dans, I, I can tell you. I'm <laughs> sure there are 50 million Dans, but everybody's like that. But his book is entertaining. Yes, but we recommend yours instead. <laughs> Into the Buzzsaw, leading journalists expose the myth of a free press. Uh, she's won an Emmy. Yes, I've, I've won an Emmy, and I've been I've been nominated for several others, and I've won a, a Murrow Award. You, yes, an Edward R. Murrow Award, which I don't think, as David Letterman say, they're handing out to chimps. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, they are. They are prestigious awards indeed. So, uh, again, Christina, thanks for returning to the show. We welcome your insights as to what's going on, and we hope that uh, to see your book everywhere. Thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Joking aside, we should point out that the Edward R. Murrow Award is very prestigious in broadcasting and that uh, Christina won the award when she produced Legacy of Shame for CBS News, a look at uh, migrant labor and their problems in America. We should mention also that Into the Buzzsaw has won the Arthur Rouse Award from the National Press Club. I'm Douglas Everett. This is KDVS-FM 90.3, and you're listening to Radio Parallax. We'll be back in our third and final segment to talk about Seabiscuit and continue our discussion with jockey Frank Sorcy. <laughs> 